What's poppin' and welcome to Popcorn with Cholo Sadiad and your stop for all things pop where we talk about all things pop culture from here in the Philippines to the rest of the globe. And welcome back. This is actually our second red episode of the year since we just yeah. randomly had that one episode. <laughs> Now we all ended up wearing red and talked about things that were red. But this time around... Um, We're talking about Red Taylor's version and some other red-related, red-related things um, <laughs> in pop culture right now. But before, of course, we begin the show, let's introduce our co-host for the day. Welcome back to our attorney, Selena Ablaza. <laughs> <Yeah! back. laughs> Hello. Ganda in red, pang ano, legally pink, <laughs> legally legally red. <laughs> Legally pink legally adjacent. Blonde. Yeah. <laughs> legally blonde adjacent. Um, we also have, of course, Paula. Welcome Stop. back. And of course, our resident Twitter verified news, <laughs> news reporter, Sir Summer Kearns, now Oy. also known as KJ yeah. Purnell. Short <laughs> lang, ha? it's been a year since I was verified. I got, hey! I got the notice. Wow. Wow. That's a, that's Hashtag fun, na all. Yeah. <laughs> Something to celebrate, Devo. Yeah, Welcome back, Perns. And yun. Well, it's been quite a week for everyone, for sure. Um, <laughs> a week of emotions, a week of stunts that not that didn't necessarily like like appeal to everyone. And you know, just all Taylor Swift on all the feeds and related to all other fandoms. Like you know, I've seen like court K-pop and Taylor Swift. I think may F1 Dude, din at F1. some point. Yeah, Lando Norris's birthday had 22 in it because he turned Hideo 22. Kojima just bought a copy of Taylor's album. <laughs> Correct. As 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 they should. As he should. <laughs> um, and yun, it's just really like been a red week. But uh, I guess before we get to the meat of the show, which will be about Red Taylor's version, which is, you know, everyone's just like talking about it. And we can't, obviously, in this show... She she is my patron saint of productivity, um, and she is my muse. Aside from the typical Carly Rae Jepsen, Iglesia ni Carly spazzing on this show, um, let's talk about some. Before we head on to Taylor's version of Red, um, let's talk about some pop culture news that went down um, on the same day or ever since the day. We we now live in a time where it's before and after Red Taylor's version. So. <laughs> Let's talk about the first thing, which is on the same day that the All Too Well 10-minute version short film uh, was released, our queen, Britney Spears, is finally free. Hashtag freed Britney. Yes. Britney is free. Um, she got, um, she was released from her conservatorship um, officially. Thank you to Matthew Rosengard, yes. her yeah. lawyer for like, and of course, all the Britney stands out there for pushing the free Britney movement. Shout out to them for making this happen because without all the fans, mm-hmm. you know, um, supporting and pushing the free Britney movement in every way that they can. Like, it's on Twitter. There's a podcast. Well, it did start from a podcast, diba? Right? Yung free mm-hmm. Britney movement. Yeah. But, you know, um, now we can see Britney just really being free about her thoughts on social media and not being controlled by the Spears family got cancelled mm-hmm. now because of the whole <laughs> Free Britney movement. So, I mean, it's just great, great news. Um, I'm so happy for her. And now she's planning to have a third child, which is hopefully Aww. a girl, as she says. And she just got engaged. Ooh. Also, So, you know, 
she deserves all that and you know deserves all the rest and freedom as she should as a you know Britney isn't but Britney's been working so much because of the whole conservatorship and not really enjoying her life um, since she started that 13 years ago no yeah. 14 so I mean you know Britney's turning 40 in December um, and you know I guess life starts at 40 for Britney this time around, which is very apt and very like that's that's a, that's a nice like life begins at 40 with Britney. And I I I wish her the best. Uh any comments on hashtag freed Britney? I have been a Britney stan. Like Britney has been was the first pop song I ever like listened to after all of my nursery rhymes and crap. It was automatically Britney, and it has been Britney since then and literally nobody deserves this freedom more than she does um and i hope it also shines more of a spotlight on because conservatorship goes far beyond just britney it goes far beyond the celebrities that we know have conservatorships um so there's amanda Bynes, of course mm-hmm. and um i forget but so this other like band that came after one direction na parang boy band din sila or the newer gen anyway i forget their name but I know they also have a conservatorship and it affects so many senior citizens in the United States where the children take the parents' land and everything because they're under a conservatorship. So if it took Britney more than a decade to get rid of hers, and that's Britney. Yeah. I can't even imagine what it's like for people who don't have the resources, who don't have the media um, that Britney has had, thankfully, these last few years. So I hope um, what Britney has gone through shines more of a spotlight and provides um, victims of conservatorships um, a better chance to actually free themselves as well and feel what Britney does. And I hope that Britney does whatever the hell she wants from now on. If she wants to retire, you know what? Go for it. Like She deserves to do whatever the heck she wants to do. So yeah, that's it for me. All I ask is, is she posts Whatever on social media, whatever we just I I want to see her happy because she Me deserves too. it. Like, I just want to see her happy. She cannot make new music, but as she shares with us how happy she is. That's all I ask like of her because seeing her go through all that, like crabby seeing her social media posts in during this conservatorship, na sobra, you could see. The hidden the difference, no. Yeah. And now, grave, you can see her glow up. She was so happy when she got engaged. Like, grave, I feel like words can't express how happy I am to see her like this, na. So may she have a peaceful life, na. Yeah. As and she deserves. As she deserves. Queen. Yes. And let's get um some insight from our resident legal <laughs> advisor. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Um, I don't know and I don't know a lot about like US conservat- conservatorship laws, but then it's it's really one of the things that you see how like the, how legal systems are sometimes used to really oppress people and even people who are in the spotlight like Britney and she's somebody we all grew up with. So like what Paula said, I really hope it sets a precedent for future decisions on conservatorships. Hopefully it'll be easier for other people to also get out of like oppressive systems like that, especially young people. Because I mean we said that Britney's turning 40 and yeah, life begins at 40, but how much time did she lose? She's never going to get that back no matter what amount of damages uh-huh. she's able to claim from her family. So I really hope that it sets a good precedent for future cases like this. And, you know, I mean, 
it's just really crazy nga talaga what she has to go she had to go through and the public had really really had no idea about it until the free britney movement or some people did or some we we kind of knew it was happening in the early um the late um early 2000 late early yeah. 2000 like 20 yeah. 2008 when it started right yeah. around that time but um you know that was a time na we kind of we kind of knew naman na britney was going through a mental breakdown but then that just spiraled from there yeah. into i mean whatever. we didn't expect yeah. it to be this bad because we thought it was her family the right? so mm-hmm. parang you would think they would take care of her but unfortunately that that wasn't the case so and i mean there are documentaries about this you can check out um there's the new york times one which really like put a conversation into this and also there's a netflix documentary called uh, britney versus spears and i think there's a hulu documentary upcoming as well i'm not too sure but uh, i know those are in the works but you know there's also a movie with uh that came out of netflix which was i care a lot with rosamund pike which is kind of uh kind of telling then uh, of what how conservatorships can be abused by even people who aren't your family right yeah. they can make a business out of it and everything so um britney we love you. you this is not anything red related but this is something um that we deserve to talk about as well because you know support all out support Shempre, after that whole ordeal she deserves the world and uh, we're happy for her and her family as well i mean not that family but like her kids and her fiance. Her fiance, yeah. Sam. Um, so yun, we're happy for them. And you know, let's just see. I hope I also hope that you know Britney in some sense becomes an advocate for this. In I mean, I guess in her next albums, should she have should she decide to make music paulet, maybe in a few years, you know, these parang these experiences can be in a song. I'm not sure, but you know, um, whatever she decides. Um, it's up to her because she lives her life now as a free woman. Yeah. <laughs> so that is Britney Spears being freed. Um, and next on our red list, we have something that kind of um, made rounds on the internet in the Philippines around uh, last weekend, I would say. And this is the Netflix Pakulo for their latest blockbuster film, Red Notice, which apparently had the MOA globe, SM MOA globe, stolen, quote-unquote, stolen, and missing for like 30 minutes until everyone deciphered what it was going to be. <laughs> Yun, I mean, it. Uh, people had a lot of like, um, people had a lot of theories as to what it would be because IKEA is opening and, <laughs> you know, there were talks about it being converted into a big giant meatball or also the minions taking over because in the minions moving naman, they do get try to get landmarks. Moon, right <laughs> and landmarks i mean and now this is a red notice thing because it's about heist but um i guess it's a pretty lukewarm reception in general na parang okay it made the rounds for like um a few maybe an hour or two but then everyone just kind of like got over it yeah. <laughs> really quick um just any passing thoughts on this before we head to our next um i hoped it was real for like a good like hour or so (laughs) (laughs) we were chatting with each other like i i know this is a stunt but like part of me wishes like it was real because then at least something in the news would be not frustrating to watch you know it's just 
weird. Like who would want to steal it? Like, why would you steal it? How did they do it? All of that stuff. Kasi nga daw, but, I can, ano, I can give you the world. So, um, they literally gave the globe and got annoying. the globe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, it was just weird. Like, it was posted at a weird time at midnight. Yeah. So, parang people were like half asleep and thinking it was real. And then, because the, a lot of the news sites didn't label it as like a brand thing or if they did like it was super like minimal lang that people kind of flew past it so it was a strange and it didn't build up to all of the like questions that people had at when it when it blew up um so again i also have not watched red notice so i i don't really know how it like completely relates to to the thing so it's not like Trece, which was a seamless i think transition for the stunt yeah and Parang, I think this opened up conversation about how media outlets as well oh, to respond to such um such promotional material because especially in this time of fake news and yeah. people not being able to decipher what real or fake is. I mean, I saw Rappler and they had like ad parang they had something they had brand rap brand, brand brand yeah they had a brand hashtag but Siyempre, hindi mo naman babasahin din yung caption kahit nakalagay nga doon na brand um, something, right? But they also de- um, ano, labeled it as a developing story. Yeah. So, yeah. diba? Parang, yeah. It, it presents itself as this like legitimate event that happened. So... Yeah, like, yeah. these kind of, these kind of, uh, like, yung mga ganong posts, it's still something we're trying to deal with sa media. Like, we're still... Ang hirap eh. Like, especially if we try to present it like how Rappler did. And any even other outlets at that time, eh, but the way they posted it was so misleading. Uh, for a moment, talaga, I, I also wish it was true. Right. <laughs> but yun nga, eventually, I just figured I hindi. But yun yeah. nga, if, uh, soon enough, uh, NUJP, yung, uh, yung journalists, we released now, it's still yun nga, having posts na how we present sponsored ads like this, it's medyo questionable pa rin until now. Mm-mm. So yon, pero like for me that you know I just because it was late at night no nangyari. I just enjoyed the memes that followed. Yeah. Because gra- um Dana Dana Alvina her brother Deo is a such a great meme lord. Grab the post she made just like that. Nasinig na ako. It was grew. It was uh it was a national treasure event. It was the minions. It was Aladdin trying to show Aladdin uh trying to show Jasmine the, uh, the world. Like grab I couldn't believe how it was gonna happen. It was Josh asking Drake, where's the globe? <laughs> that one was funny. It was fun while it lasted. But I also have it watched Red Notice. I have no plans to. it. If it was trying to get people to watch, it didn't work for me. <laughs> yeah. I think the fact I have nothing to say says a lot. I didn't particularly <laughs> care about it at all. So like when I found out it was a stunt for Red Notice, parang, okay, okay, that's it. <laughs> Not going to watch the movie either. Yeah, so I mean, they're trying to market it as Netflix's biggest, biggest blockbuster ever. And they did say that it's their biggest movie to date, even with the numbers. But we're not too sure about how Netflix reveals those yeah. numbers um, at this point. But from Globes, we go to Multiverses as we talk about another red character, which is Spider-Man or Spider-Man. We do not know yet, or do we? I don't know. But uh, let's talk about Spider-Man. No way we're going to reveal 
Um, <laughs> Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield in the new trailer of Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, which was just previous, uh, recently released, um, showing um, not just one <laughs> villain in Doc Ock, but also um, sh- giving us a new reveal or a new look or closer looks to the Green Goblin, um, also Electro, a new look for Electro, Sandman is back, the Lizard is back, being punched by uh, the Invisible Woman or the (laughs) Invisible Man. Who knows? It might be the Invisible Man from Universal's Monsters Universe at this point because the multiverse is so infinite. But, I mean, it's just a really big spider-sized elephant in the room um, about Toby and Andrew or the first two live action or I mean at least the first two American live um, adaptation Spider-Man because there was a Japanese yeah major cinematic yeah Um, there was a Japanese Spider-Man TV show so there was also an American yeah and so those count I guess as Spider-Man who might appear in the (laughs) Spider-Verse who knows right Um, but uh, what are your thoughts on this epic, epic trailer? Like, even so, even though they did not show um, these two Spider-Man, parang, it was like really like, yes, yes, yes. Give me this, give me that. And, you know, we're, everyone's just really hyped up. And even it's just every in behind everyone's minds, na parang, you know, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. And, you know, how people... Um, really find all these small details <laughs> watching second by second into trailers like this. Um, let's start with our Avenger in the house. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, don't know, I don't even know where to begin. I think the best part generally about the Spider-Man movies, the Spider-Man comics, uh, aside of course from Peter and being a teenager and how that affects everything that he does, is the fact that all of their... Spider-Man's villains are really good. Like mm-hmm. I've yet to encounter like a generically bad Spider-Man villain. So all of them have relations to Peter as a person. So that's what makes them super unique. Um, to and him they do especially. not know it's Peter for some point. For some time. of them, yes, yeah. they don't. Um, they all like contribute to to each other's pain, like more than just physically, the emotional like stress and turmoil that they these characters have to go through they all affect each other whether they know it or not and I think that's really cool and how we're seeing all of these characters that we already know and love um, into the new world of the MCU is is great I mean Alfred Molina I, I hope I am related to him talaga like that's just my wish <laughs> uh, <laughs> I really hope that somewhere in, my, in our family trees like it intersects um He's wonderful. He has always been the best Spider-Man villain. And I'm, I'm so happy we get to see him in this, in Thomas' version of Spider-Man as well. And of course, Willem Dafoe's um, Green Goblin, even though we didn't really see his face, um, just hearing his voice, his laughter in the first one even was chill-inducing. That was pala si James Franco yung laman, no? But there's another, I don't know if it's another goblin, but there was another like person on the glider. Yeah. The glider. So I don't know if that's... Because I think that would be epic if James Franco was actually a part of this and nobody knew. Or Dane DeHaan. Dane DeHaan, yeah. Yes. I yes miss to Dane, Dane DeHaan. DeHaan. Right? Oh my yes. God. 2010's Tumblr and their Dane DeHaan obsession. Oh God, yeah. I miss Dane DeHaan. So I think that would be great. Or maybe it's even Ned. I, I don't know. But 
Um, I'm I'm just really really excited. Electro finally looks good. Thank oh, God. Oh yes, that looks good. <laughs> Thank God. Though. But that so, raised the question to us also, kanina na parang is it Andrews? Um, is it a variant? Electro? Is it a variant? <laughs> Because you know, with the Loki TV show, we were introduced with the concept of variants as well. I mean, also yeah. in the Spider Verse, um, into the Spider Verse movie. So you never know these where these people are coming from. In exactly. This, And who else might be showing up at this point, right? Yeah. Maybe we'll get into the Spider-Verse characters as well. I think that Spider Pig, please. Amazing. Spider-Ham pala. Spider-Ham. And I'm interested to see the fight sequence as well between Peter and Strange. I think, you know, oh, yeah. hero versus hero things are always very interesting. And these two have, like, infinitely different types of power. So that's that's bound to be a cool thing uh, to watch. I, I really have a lot to say, but that might take, like, the whole episode now. It's just... Awesome, and I love that the whole internet is excited about the same thing. Like that's always a fun communal experience, and I hope, I hope No Way Home gets released earlier than was originally stated here in the Philippines. I know it's a long shot, but there is no way. <laughs> I mean, with people being generally upset, you never know. Like public public opinion does tend to sway a lot of stuff. We don't know. I don't want to say it's like as with our favorite locked. Star Wars movie. Well, exactly. If, if people could always bring me with fight for this. Yeah. So, ayun, because it's unfair. I mean, it's unfair like the spoilers that we will all inevitably see online is bound to happen. So, that that, that makes the viewing experiences for for us here in the Philippines worse. Uh so yeah. Anyway. Bingo kaya if we actually push hard enough, the public could demand the ano, yeah. industry. Mm-hmm. It, it's really possible because I try I look at a lot of the mga cinema hanash a lot of people are begging the cinemas na please release it earlier just release it earlier may, may time naman eh there's time before MMFF please release it yeah And, I think it's possible um, I really I try not to avoid spoilers of, the, of anything Marvel like even nung Shang-Chi and Black Widow yeah. I try to avoid pero this one I just can't I really can't like this is the only Marvel movie this year na I will watch every breakdown, watch every theorizing, <laughs> but I still don't want to get spoiled. And I'm surprised na there's still so many questions that we don't know about this movie. Like, how big of a role is Strange here? Why is he fighting with Peter? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, will, it's not, not like, will Toby and Andrew be here? Like, will they stay? Are they just a one-time thing? And that, that last part sa trailer, Who is coming? Who else? Who else could be coming? Like, and I mean, uh, it, it makes me so excited. Why do we have to wait so long? Gosh. <laughs> so I'm preparing na my mute words on Twitter, which is hard for me because I have to work online, literally yeah. on Twitter. So I have to think of all the possible mute words na kailangan ko tapahimikan while waiting. So ah, it's frustration, but I'm excited. Sell. I was just gonna say, yeah, it's always so great when like a trailer drops on the internet, like collectively like loses its mind at the same time, and you have like a reason to just like mass send the trailer to a bunch of your friends so that you start talking about it. And I guess that's been a nice way to connect with people like over the pandemic and stuff. And it would be nice to watch it in the cinemas, but I don't know how I feel. My brother and I are joking about wearing a hazmat suit to the cinema specifically for Spider Man. I mean. So, Burns and I did watch yeah. our oh, yeah, experience, guys. and 
I guess if you do have the time to take an off day on a weekday and the first um screening of the day screening of the day there there only literally what there was only one person aside from me and Prince so I think that should be a good indication of like what time to go and I also had um talks with other people depends Mm -hmm. ata on the mall talaga because the first person I talked to about who watched the movie watched Dune on the first night and it was full that was in power plant and then another person I spoke with no Saturday last showdown there were only 10 people so that I that was in Fisher Mall as well so I, I feel like it depends it on the mall also. very strategic yes because yeah. like power plant has a lot of rich people with yeah. nothing to do so <laughs> and rich people who can probably risk their, their health. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Just to just say one more red thing. I'm really hoping for a daredevil appearance. Yes. Oh yeah. Just wanted to bring us He is red. Yes, red. So maybe. Pero yun din, that's the question. Eh. There are five villains. Obviously there is a sixth. Who will the sixth be? Will it be Vulture? Will it be Mysterio? Who knows? Maybe it's both. Maybe there's more than a Sinister Six. Maybe there's sinister, sinister more than two Sinister Sixes. Who knows? <laughs> or maybe the Gam- Childish Gambino's character will finally become an actual. Right. Yeah. Mm, true. There's just so many possibilities. Yeah. And I mean, in that Morbius trailer, they also released, um, it was re- referring to like, all three Spider-Man as well. So everything's just like possible in the multiverse at this point. And we will have to wait and see until uh, we see it for ourselves or get spoiled. Hopefully not, but you know, um, hopefully not. Uh, and speaking of Mysterio and Big Dylan. You know, Yun nga eh. Only Taylor Swift can um and Drake Gyllenhaal <laughs> for the second time. Uh, not even Spider Man can officially do it because Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio outed him as Spider Man <laughs> in that last uh, movie, Far From Home. We are now on the heels of our discussion about Red Taylor's version, which is dedicated generally to Jake Gyllenhaal, but not necessarily. I mean. This um this release isn't necessarily supposed to be about him. It just so happens that, you know, this whole album in 2012 was about him and her reeling from that experience. And now as fans, we get to relive uh Red, the Red Era once again with a more mature Taylor, a Taylor who is in love with a golden. Uh, with a golden color instead of burning red at Taylor Swift that's just having fun celebrating with her fans and celebrating her work and starting to own her work again and this is the second in the Taylor's version re-recorded series um, following Fearless which was released in April Um, I guess first let's get to talk about the original red and our experiences with the album red. I'm sure Cell will have I'm I'm seeing I'm already seeing Cell's <laughs> reaction trying to prepare what she's gonna say. And the fact that Paula is here with us is an indication as as it is that you know Paula isn't necessarily um 
the biggest Taylor Swift fan when whenever I talk about Taylor Swift on the show and her current stuff. But you know, Paula is here, and that <laughs> probably means there's a reason because red means something. Um, but I guess let's start with myself because just to be honest, red isn't necessarily my favorite Taylor Swift album. I'm I've been saying this again and again. I'm a 1989 boy, reputation, folklore. Those are my eras of Taylor Swift talaga out of all the 10 albums currently. Um, but Red, I really enjoyed because, you know, this was really her um, first foray into experimenting with pop, which wasn't necessarily like cohesive. And she, she herself ad- admits it, no? It was a parang... Fans loved it so much, but um, you know, this this was also the reason that 1989 was created in response to Red not winning a Grammy. So there are all these factors into the album Red. Um, I definitely do love a lot of songs on this album, but personally, I'm not like the biggest Red stan. But yon, that's my history with Red. I just found like an Instagram um post of mine from 2012 era that I the with the promo the first promo of we are never ever getting back together yung nasa grassy Taylor with the that white polo or blouse and the uh, parang red lipstick and black shorts I did a draw a really ugly drawing of that maybe I should repost it but I, that's just <laughs> my big memory of red and then you know Everything has changed. It's one of my favorites um, in that album. But generally, Red is a great album. I don't think naman may tapon in general because I'm biased. But um, that's my I know that's my Red experience. Not necessary. Not particularly my favorite, but something I enjoy listening to, nonetheless. And I I think other people in the room might have um, like more feelings about Red than I do. Since Cholo called me out, <laughs> um, okay, I'll be honest. I was uh, I was a Taylor Swift snob back in high school because I was an idiot back then. Um, so this is like my public apology, I guess. Um, I was the kind of person who like judged my classmates for being obsessed with "You Belong with Me." Like during prom season, I had the seatmate who just kept singing it all the time, and I was like, I was irritated to no end. And I think that's why I never got into Taylor's music um, at that time. But Red is particularly special to me because it was the album that got me into Taylor Swift years later, like not when it was released. I got into it in college because I joined an org where people would read <laughs> Taylor Swift songs like they were literary texts so and like taking it apart line and by line are kind of thing. And they are. And that's what got me into it. Like, I think it's a very pretentious entry into Taylor Swift's music. But then when I really sat down with Red and I started like really reading the lyrics, and I think the first song that really got me was Treacherous because she has that lyric where she says that all we are is skin and bone, um, trying to get along, forever going with the flow, but your friction. I had to lie down after that. I was like, how did she come up with that? And then it made me realize what I was missing out because I was a very judgmental high school student. <laughs> so I'm, I'm so happy that the Red uh, Taylor's version came out. And I have a lot of feelings about it, but I'll save it for later. But what I love about Taylor is how she's able to capture memory so well. Like, she's my memory studies queen talaga. Um, the fact that her, she talks about how memory is so insistent, and you can see it in the specificity in her lyrics, and the fact that she doesn't run out of ways to express, like, one feeling. So that's why I, I read particularly special to me, because it really got me into Taylor Swift. 
I guess I can go next because I have like the opposite journey that Sal had where she was a Taylor snob and then fell in love with her. I was, <laughs> was such a last, huge Taylor Swift fan. Like the last time. Um, <laughs> yeah, from like high school all the way up to 1989. I think that was like really the last Taylor album that I, I listened to and really looked forward to. And then after that, I, I realize now that I'm not, it's not Taylor that I don't like, it's the fan base. And this is what gets to me with a lot of things. It's what stops me from getting into K-pop. It's what stops me, um, it's what stops me sometimes from being super into Star Wars as well. It, it's the fan base. I think they can get to be too much. I had a friend who... You mean the clown base? Because we are all clowns as I mean, Taylor does this. No, it's not that. Eh? It's, that you, that's, it's that some Swifties are really like so mean. As in, it, it was, my friend deactivated his Twitter because he's not the biggest Taylor fan. He was just questioning something about like a lyric in the song at that. And then these rabid fans came after him and yeah, anyway, bullied him to no end. And that annoys me. Um, so that's probably one of the biggest reasons why I can't like get myself to really get into Taylor Swift anymore because she takes over the internet when she does and if you like say that you're not into her or anything like that but the fans get too rabid and that's just not for me um but as a person and as like a lyricist yeah like she's very like sel mentions that she's very good like at painting memories um and snapshots of the time the way that i imagine her to be as a writer is she's like a musical writer everything that she writes sets like a story, sets a setting. And it's so very clearly um, in my head what she wants to visualize. Um, and that's what musicals do to me. Um, so that's why I absolutely love Red. I think out of all of her albums that I've listened to, <laughs> it paints that story really, really well. I, I feel like you could make an entire musical out of Red alone. That's, that's true. Very right? True. That, especially All Too Well, which is the main reason why I'm I mean, here today. It is my favorite Taylor <laughs> Swift song. Even when I was at my peak, I don't like Taylor Swift anymore. I would always go back to All Too Well because it's just so... Because she remembers it all too well. <laughs> I remember the song all too well and uh, it's just a, a well-made song and I think that's why Red is, is also like equally special to me. 1989 and Red, I think, are like my top two albums for her. So, that's me. For me, my top two is uh, speak now and read like I look back on my like when I was listening to Taylor Swift's albums because back in high school in an all boys school it's parang weird it, it's very weird for you to hear na you like Taylor Swift Pero I, this is for real during lunch break because we had a player in, sa, in our classroom we would play speak now and read during lunch breaks and we would listen to the songs because Yun talaga yung, ang ganda, ang ganda na pakinggan. Like, sure, we would play yung mga, sige, we'd play Fallout Boy, we'd play Rico Blanco. But we, <laughs> ang, I really remember, we would listen to Red a lot. And to the point na, it came to the, it came to the point na, the title, the name of our prom was Starlight Rendezvous. Wow. And our theme song was Starlight. <laughs> Starlight. Such you a high school thing. It it is sobra like you enter the we, we you enter the air the no, the venue starlight was playing. <laughs> yeah, that, that's why I that's what I what I remember a lot from Red. It it takes me back to that time talaga, and that's what it still does for me. Like when I listen to these songs, it takes me to a moment. Na 
when I first heard these songs, like I'm experiencing memories na I'm re- remembering stuff that I never realized. Oh, para this happened to me, and I'm feeling things that am I supposed to be feeling this? I've never experienced it, but how come I feel it so much? Ang sakit niya, like ang sakit niya. It's so hopeful. It's so makes me happy. It makes me wanna lie down and cry. It just took it took me all over the place, and it does that again. He, hearing this new version, because Taylor's Which older is now. Thirty songs long, two 30 hours. Thirty songs. Grabe. I sat down on on a beanbag, just staring at the floor, listening to every each song, and I, I was like, well, I, I couldn't believe it. Like, I'm listening to this all over all over again. Listening to an older Taylor, looking back at this at her, this time, and she's giving more songs, na bo- are both as satisfying and as heart wrenching. Napakinggan like how this how can an artist do this? It's so good to hear. Like grabe na kama ng talaga. Yeah, insane is right. <laughs> insane is right. Like how does she do it until now? Like huh, I'm in awe of her. Like of, as an artist talaga. I mean, yun nga. Uh, I think what's really perfect about the Taylor's versions, aside from the fact that she gets to own her work, which uh, I guess it's a very complicated um, issue altogether because she's Taylor Swift. She's able to do this and she sets a precedent for a lot of artists to be able to fight for their rights as artists. But at the same time, it also opens up a conversation about how much artists should also feel about their ownership of their music on the business side because um i guess coming from a label perspective lang din um kasi when you look at this at the surface level yeah go taylor own your work you deserve it you wrote all of this you made this but at the same time then there's also a lot of i guess hindi naman not to be pro label but there's also a lot of investment that goes into um well, i guess and this has developed over the years naman Um, labels are now definitely much more open to different types of deals with artists. But definitely naman, labels aren't the enemy point blank. You know, it's she she went through a very specific process of not owning her work. Um, I mean, if that didn't happen to her, then, you know, we wouldn't be having Taylor's versions. But um, yun din, eh, may element din na, syempre, companies and managements own a percentage of your work Because they also invest in it and in trying to push you into becoming what you are. But now that Taylor Swift is Taylor Swift, you know, um, that's where the conversation also begins and like continues. Pa. And I think it's an ongoing conversation because Universal Music um, also announced just after the popularity of Red Taylor's version that um, they're redoing a lot of their deals with the, uh, parang starting now. To not allow for re-recordings because of Red Taylor's version's popularity and how Red Taylor's version and I guess even Fearless Taylor's version um, has already surpassed the original recordings on streaming. So, you know, it's a whole big conversation that I think is still ongoing and should not just be taken as at the surface level na, oh, Taylor Swift, period. But, you know, it's very complicated and there's a lot of work um, going into it. And this is also like Uh, something I posted on Twitter the other day because, you know, we keep on putting um, Taylor and Beyonce in the pedestal na, oh, we have the same 24 hours as Taylor Swift or 
same 24 hours as Beyonce. But, you know, they have a team behind them as well. You know, they are brilliant as artists and I'm sure they're businesswomen in their own rights as well who lead the pack. But at the same time, you know, I just want to put out there as well Now it takes a village to really put the brilliant work of all these artists, whether they're Taylor Swift level or like indie level or, you know, DIY level to put it out there and bring make people enjoy it. So, you know, just a shout out to everyone behind the scenes who really hustles hard as well, as hard as the people they work for and as hard as the people that we admire and listen to. Um, end of rant. Thank you for attending my TED Talk about um, labels and um, how how they help artists. But, uh, yun na nga, there's, it's a very, uh, no, it's a very wide conversation and not just you know what we see on Spotify and on the with bite-sized um, information. Um, but again, back to my point. I guess um, what's nice about Taylor's versions is that it's it works both ways for her in a sense that she has the hearts of all her fans um, who who went through with this in the last how many years with that nostalgia factor. But at the same time, it fuels her current image to the new generation and for people who did not necessarily look at Taylor Swift as a legit artist before and then now that you know it's back again gives them um, an opportunity to appreciate it further and personally ganun din ako sa red na syempre it's not really my all-time favorite but you know I get to appreciate it even more now like I did love all too well before but you know this new version really like got me talaga more than that first one um yeah let's talk about some of the re-recordings like how did you feel about um the re-recorded tracks this time around um for red taylor's version oh well as someone who didn't i'm trying to listen to it again just to see if my opinion has changed (laughs) since i first listened to it uh but someone who didn't really understand the point of fearless aside from of course the whole ownership of the songs thing um the fearless taylor's version um i didn't really see anything new in the Mm -hmm. way that she recorded them there's say what you will about you know (laughs) the original version um and who owns it now but the youth is what makes Fearless great. Kasi. Yes. The fact that she's singing it when she was a teenager and the songs are very much clearly written by a teenager makes it very endearing to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's something about a 30-year-old Taylor singing the songs from that album that doesn't really do it for me, um, mm-hmm. I guess, like as a fan of that era of Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Um, although, Red is a completely different story. Mm-hmm. Red seems to grow even better now uh-huh. that she's 30. The meanings of every single song from the original album seem to have gotten deeper. Um, the maturity really reflects yeah. in her voice and shows you the maturity in the writing even more, I think, as well. Um, and that really caught me off guard when I when I first listened to it. I didn't expect to be that emotional listening. I knew I was going to be emotional to All Too Well, but I didn't think I was going to be that emotional for um for red as in the song red listening to it now so that speaks a lot about how mature unfortunately and i say unfortunately because she shouldn't have gone through this um how mature her mindset was at the age of 21 um so you know it's it's great there there's a lot of added layers to every single song 
Um, and the new ones, of course, um, are, are, are fascinating to listen to. I have a, a gripe with just one song, in, in the, which I was talking to Sal about earlier. Um, but everything else, especially, um, what song was this? Uh, Ronan? Oh, ah, yeah. God, yeah. Ronan. If we're going to talk about the, the new songs later, I, I really would love to talk about that. But yeah, um, I, I loved it. And I don't normally say that about new Taylor stuff. <laughs> Yeah, and I definitely agree with that. Um, the maturity, Taylor's voice, even in Fearless, you can really see how, or hear rather, how much she matured, like aging, like fine wine, that voice. And it really helped a lot of these re-recordings for sure. Uh, personally, lang, uh, Paula is right. There are some songs that are just way better with the original and you know going just going back briefly to the conversation earlier um regardless of what version you listen to um it's a win-win for universal music and taylor swift because i i, I do believe she still gets royalties from the first um, yeah. one any first ones anyway but anyway um you know um the new ones especially the latter half of the original tracks have such parang they're much more meaningful to listen to and sound way better with the maturity like for example everything has changed for me it's one of the parang really really good re-recordings on this track na parang wow everything has changed and you know parang the maturity of hearing young Ed and Taylor in the first one and then now listening to them you know Ed is a dad Ed is married Taylor is you know, settled with her current boyfriend, Joe Alwyn. You know, parang it changes the meaning but still retains the old one. And, you know, it's like a multiverse of Taylor Swift um, Taylor Swift happenings. When, and it kind of is with how everything has been connected at this point. Um, but yun nga, songs like 22, parang I can't, it's kind of weird listening to a third, almost 32-year-old person singing 22, feel about feeling 22. Um, uh, but that's my, ano, that's kind of what some of the, ano lang, some of the songs that I kind of like um, really enjoy the youth in the originals. Um, but re-recording naman are still nice. But, you know, there's just something different about, you know, the youth nga of 22 and how she actually was 22 at the time she recorded it. Um, but yeah, definitely the second part of the album, The Last Time, was also really good in this re-recording. Um, actually, the new second part, second half, is really something I really, really enjoyed. Um, yun, that's for me with the re-recordings. And it's just a small point. Girl at Home, the new version, is kind of like... Yes. Like, what is that Tugs Tugs party party version of Girl at Home? <laughs> um, Cell and Prince? Well, for me, I'm, I've always been a fan of Taylor Swift as a lyricist, first and foremost. And I think Red really encapsulates, like, the Swiftian songwriting ethos among all her albums, which is that what I love about Taylor Swift is that she really writes haunting really well. 
um, she writes there's a sense of like her being haunted by like past loves, which you can see like in the first three tracks. Because I think the first three tracks of Red are really my favorite. So State of Grace, Red, Red and Treacherous. Yeah. Treacherous is my favorite Taylor Swift song before it was usurped by the one. But if I start talking about the one, it'll take me an hour. So <laughs> um, anyway, um, and it's really interesting, like with her mature voice, it sounds like she was really haunted at those times, like when she was younger. But now it seems to be more of like a looking back at it. Yeah. Because uh, Red's always given me the feeling of like, it's like an echo demanding to be heard, right? So when it comes to her singing it like with her mature voice now, I know now that we know that she's in a better place in life, there's something also very reassuring about hearing it. And interestingly, like some of the bonus tracks, like um, the one that had a music video recently, um, I Bet You Think, think about, about Me. I like how it also like flips the trope of her always talking about being haunted by her ex-loves right this time it's like she's saying i'm the one doing the haunting now <laughs> so i thought that was a really nice spin to it and if you look at her um latter works also like in 1989 and in folklore there seems to be also in her songwriting that she also talks about how she's taylor swift and now she's haunting all these guys that, <laughs> that have broken her heart in the past so i also really like that shift and i think the bonus tracks were able to bring that out more that was the song I didn't like. <laughs> because she paints herself to be this like country bumpkin poor kid whereas Jake was this super rich person. And I'm like, girl, your dad is a stockbroker. Can you grew up really rich? Like, can you... Like, I understand because it's a song and, the, you know, what the genre necessitates. But also, you were a white girl in the South. Stop it. He lived <laughs> so in a farm. Yeah, a farm owned by... With I think the line was with kitchen bills. That was the line that really annoyed me. I'm like, girl, are you serious? <laughs> anyway, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I will be honest. I never really listened to that song a lot. I, I will be honest. Like, I was listening. It's just like, oh, am I in the vault tracks now? I was like, oh, it's not a vault track. Why how? Well, it's a vault track. It's not. It's not. Girl at home. I know. No, we're, we're talking no, no. about. I, th- I, I bet you think I about. Bet you think about it. Ah, hello, girl at home. But yeah, I think Girl at Home was a bonus track before. A bonus yeah, track. but it does feel like a vault track it now. Felt like it felt like a vault. It sounds different. It sounds different. Yeah, it sounds different. I mean, I, I don't know what else I have to add because like, two hours, I just spent two hours listening and then I just spent the next 40 minutes trying to write down my thoughts about what I felt. I just put them up on my IG story on Twitter and I, was, I, didn't, I just had to bled it all out so I could, I could relax for the rest of the day. Well, I just I had a lot of emotions running around through each song. Like, ah, let's go through my notes again. Like, I felt glad just the first two tracks, and then making hopeful when I was listening to Treasure's "Stay, Stay, Stay." And then, talaga, where I heard that talagang she was mature was yung, uh, during Holy Ground, Lucky One. I really like Lucky One, talaga when seeing hearing the beats with her mature vo- uh, mature vocals but the siguro the ones that really hit me a lot was b- both versions of state of grace like i was listening to two different kinds of peacefulness yes two different kinds For, i don't know how it i don't know how to explain it, but that two kinds of peacefulness tinto lagi na feel ko sa dalawang state of grace Yung all too well deep, the original, it felt like a pre-game. Like, I knew there was something coming at the end there. Eh. Pero, it felt like a pre-game. Pero, I feel I had goosebumps pa rin. Like, oh, shocks. This is such a good song. How can it get any better? 
surprise it's it's about to get a lot better or worse i don't know i don't know it and and uh, i guess that from the original same with cell like my favorite was treacherous but really yung sad beautiful tragic then like i don't know like Siguro I had like that sad face when I was in high school. <laughs> I don't know. In the new the new tracks, the one talagang what hit me the most, other than the 10 minute version, was yung kantanya with Phoebe Bridgers. Yung not, oh, not, that is really good. It was I was like, she's talking about her life when she was 18 years old and how, how people were, ha- how yeah. people looked at her and now she's a, she was 22 back then. And Kaya, there's still what, that narrative diba? even until now. And now I'm thinking, like, why am I? What? I'm affected. Ako. Like, I know what she's talking about, but I'm 25. Why do I feel that same emotion that she's going through? Both. What? I don't know. Like, I was. The like, answer I, is boomers. That, Just kidding. <laughs> that's. I. I think that was the only time I paused during my listening. Like, shit. It made me reflect on, like. Do, Do people think that, what do people think of me now? With if they think this way, that how Taylor and Phoebe had sung it right to me, like shocks. It made me pause a lot, talaga. In a way, I think it hit me more than the 10-minute version. Mom, maybe because I'm going through a lot of changes right now in my life, mm-hmm. and I'm getting older now. Yeah. And yun nga. But yun nga. Don't it really hit. Me. <laughs> it just hurt it. Emotionally hit me from the vault tracks. Yung talaga yung tumama sa akin. But you know that that you're 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 right with that. I mean, and especially, parang it's a perfect collaborative opportunity with Phoebe Bridgers, who said, you know, this is really like one of her dream collabs as well. And she said yes right away to collabing with Taylor Swift. And it works both ways. Na parang <laughs> they're both benefiting from you know Taylor also getting the Phoebe crowd and. Um, Phoebe getting some of the Taylor crowd into her music, and I think as female artists, um, especially the narrative really fits with um, with that song, um, "Nothing New," and yeah. it, it's 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 a nice reflective song about how society treats women, yeah. artists, young people. Um, yeah. Um, so now we're at the vault. Um, we're now entering the vault. Of red, um, which will more or less be an all too well 10 minute version. <laughs> I just want to like <laughs> see it go, Ronan, because it's it's very rare that I cry um, mm-hmm. with a song. That song had me. I I couldn't, I couldn't listen to, continue listening to the album. Um, For a good hour after, <laughs> after I listened to Ronan, and it's 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 unique to me in that out of the entire Jake Gyllenhaal story that is very uh, clear in in this album, this one was one of the few, or if the only that wasn't um, about that time of her life. It was an, a song inspired by a story of someone else, by an actual mom, mm-hmm. and she paints. The pain, <laughs> and I don't know if it hits me hard because I, I read about it, and it's about a, yeah. a kid dying of pediat of mm-hmm. you know pediatric yeah. cancer, and as someone who lost someone from pediatric cancer, I, I I can't even begin to tell you how well she was able to. Oh my God, me yaka ko let's just remembering the song. 
how well she was able to paint that picture of maybe the miracle was was spending this time with a person for such a short time. And it's, ayun niya, <laughs> she's such a good uh, lyricist and a good storyteller. And I was so happy that she told this mom's and subsequently this kid's story through such a painfully beautiful song. And I'm, it doesn't feel out of place from the album, even if the story isn't like cohesive to her events. But there's something that unites us all in pain, but also there's something really beautiful in being able to rise up from it, I guess, which is very Filipino sentiment. But yeah, it, it was... I guess like I haven't heard much hype from it from the crowd because of course it was it is an all too well extravaganza but I do think the song deserves a lot more attention because yeah and the cause of course is pediatric cancer sucks more than regular cancer uh, so yeah and you know it's really beautiful Nana you know as aside from her own personal narratives she does songs like this, like Ronan, which you know, isn't necessarily something that um, everyone is really talking about. But, you know, and I guess it already has surpassed the original Ronan at this point on streaming as well. So, you know, um, hearts out to everyone um, really feeling um, that they can relate to these um, experiences. And I think another vault track um related to that is forever winter because it was a song that she made for a family friend or a friend who passed away as well yes. so um you know, it's like you know those stories that we never really got to hear so much um now get the light of day uh, uh that they deserve as well with this um new re-release Cell, you wanted to say and something. Oh, um, well, among the vault tracks, I think my answer for which is my favorite is just really Mababaw. Because I really like Message in a Bottle. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I mean, I remember I saw a tweet that said it sounds like the ending song to a Barbie movie. And I was like, what's wrong with that? <laughs> I was like, that, that's what makes it so great. And I guess it, it was just nice also to see something that was a very clear, like, uh, sonically, the very clear sonic bridge to 1989. Like it sounds uh-huh. like something that could have been on 1989. And even the fact that she, when she mentioned like she was sending her thoughts to someone in London, it's already like, hmm, was it Harry Styles? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh man, my Taylor Swift conspiracy theorist brain was like at full blast when I was listening to that. Yeah, we were discussing whether it was Tom Holland, uh, Tom Holland, Tom Hiddleston, or or Harry Styles. Harry. Either way, it must be Harry though. I'm hoping oh, for a Harry Styles collab on I'm sure in 1989. Out of <laughs> Manifesting. all the Manifesting. Joe Jonas, the game to do it. And there are already theories about a Joe Bros and Taylor Swift collab. Probably in Speak Now, I'm not too sure. But, you know, there have been hints already. Um, but aside from that as well, I really like Message in a Bottle too. I really like... Um, um, babe, although it has been released under another artist before, um, and Better Man, magandarin siyang like to hear Taylor's yeah. actual versions of them. Um, oh, I like Run. 
I mean, I love Ed Sheeran. So and that, parang I think that one naman is special because it is the first song they wrote even before everything has yeah. changed. And you know, I know Ed Sheeran has a special place in Paula's heart. <laughs> Ayon. Any last thoughts on these vault tracks? I guess before we head to our all too well 10 minute version more than 10 minute discussion who knows almost <laughs> when I like listening to a message in a bottle I could imagine you know what I can this can get a choreography I can dance to this song I can imagine playing in a club like I message agad yung mga my a company friends my former dance group na yung message in a bottle feel ko mga choreo natin to like we can we can dance to this and uh, it's something though that can compete in RIB though. So you go, yeah, I can we can hear it. It's a, it's a very ganun talaga. And I, that later that night I saw my friend made a TikTok na sumasaya to message in the bottle. I was like, yeah, see that's my point. That's exactly the kind of ano, vibe that this song gives me. And you know what else it uh the Taylor's version vault uh, for red sounds like? Mm-hmm. Apparently Hannah Montana. <laughs> Um, my friend Budi was listening to it now, and then her dad was like, "Ano yung pinapakinggan mo Hannah Montana?" I was like, "Actually, it makes sense. This these could be Hannah Montana songs, <laughs> like these uh parang cuts from uh, Red, uh, and it actually makes sense. They can be Hannah Montana songs, and we do love Hannah Montana. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, one of my favorite Taylor Swift cuts from Hannah Montana is Crazier. So, oh yeah, Crazier. Crazier. Uh, great song. There, there was a point where Hannah Montana and Taylor Swift were in one movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I guess that leaves us to the final song we will be talking about, which is all too well, 10-minute version, Taylor's version from The Vault. And it's um and it's supplementary, um essential fourteen minute long short film of all too well. Well, let me just begin again just to reiterate that this version really like really just like blew my mind for real. Like all too well, naman I recognize it as one of like a really parang one of Taylor Swift's greatest songs, no doubt. But you know this new version really like invigorated more emotion and like really gave you a bigger picture pa for more of what happened. And I, I, I was telling Paula this the other day. I really feel like it's Taylor Swift's Bohemian Rhapsody because it's 10 minutes long. And, you know, she went through all these, like it, it kind of had like an evermore, ano na, prologue to evermore in that writing as well. So, Wow, I, I was just really floored with All Too Well 10-minute version. And I didn't expect to like love it as much as I actually do. I, I think I spent a whole hour that day just listening to the 10-minute version again and again because it's like, wow. Kayo uh, guys. It was the first song I listened to. Like immediately, <laughs> like, I just went to the 10-minute version of All Too Well <laughs> because I really... It is my favorite Taylor Swift song. Um, and like Burns, I was like, how much better could this song possibly mm-hmm. get? Because it's already like perfect to me. And surprise, it, it, it got even better. And I mean, we all were super crushed when originally we uh, with the lyric, um, 
you call me up again just to break me like a promise so casually cruel in the name of being honest and then she had to write <laughs> I, i'm blanking on it right now because like you I'm kept me like a secret you kept me like a secret ma'am ma'am it i i don't really have anything else to say what about, a roller coaster like really like, ito na talaga, guys. Like, ito na yung musical ni Taylor Swift. Okay? It's painted like a better picture now. Um, and the subsequent film, of course, which I don't really have a, a lot to say about except that Sadie Sink is a much better actress than Millie so Bobby good. Brown. Like <laughs> the, manure, the mannerisms of Taylor, she got so... Parang she did it so well na parang if you didn't know, you'd think it would be Taylor Swift but as a redhead. <laughs> <laughs> And you know, it's it's the renaissance of, of Dylan O'Brien. I, I'm glad that people are, are loving him once again. And uh, Taylor looks really good as a redhead. That, that's really all I have to say about, about the film. I'm sure you guys have more feelings um, about it. But but yeah, um, I, I'm happy this longer version exists. Um, and I Imagine will be memorizing having it, it in the vault for 10 years and keep <laughs> that away from people. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, that's me. And I guess another lyric that I personally ang nagustuhan kong part ng song na parang kasi, di ba, when you start, you sing along because you know the words and then you're like, ooh, this part is new and then you just keep on like getting that, oh, wait, I know this part again and then, oh, wait, that's a new part again. One of my favorite lines is, I'm not good at telling jokes but the punchline goes, um, ano tawag yun? I know. Um, I grow older, but your lovers stay the same age. Like, wow, that punch! And especially in that um Saturday Night Live performance, oh. the way she looked at the camera and like, and it was all red at that moment in the performance, like magic and insanity. And she's insane for it, period. Like, wow. And, you know, ang sakit din ng ibang parts sa parang, you know, um, some actress asked me what happened. That's what happened. You. Oh my God, that line. As in, ang sakit. <laughs> like, I, it brought back memories I didn't even have. Alam mo yun? Parang, I, I was experiencing <laughs> things I never really experienced. Grabe. What happened was you. Damn. Damn. Ayun. Literally, all I wrote lang on my phone after I was listening, all I wrote, what do I think of this song? All I wrote was, oh my gosh. That's all I wrote. Oh my gosh. And to quote AG, this is what AG said about this song. She was mad when she wrote this song. She really was. She really was. And like, you can feel it in the way you hear the lyrics. You watch the movie. And then yung nga, the SNL performance, when you watch it with the film playing behind her, you can see it, the emotion she's bringing out. Like, oh my gosh. I don't Mayroon think... Parang trauma. The grabe. Yeah. Like, grabe. Yung nga talaga, even when the way she stares at the camera, hindi lang sa, pati yung sa lovers stay the same age, sa casually cruel, grabe. Each time she stares at the camera, it's like she's sending a message. Feel this. This is what I felt. I hurt. I was hurting. I was really, really hurting. I still remember it. Like, and I felt it. ko siya. I, I tried to avoid listening it, lang because I, I couldn't help but be more amazed, talaga, by how, 
create the lyric. I was listening to a story. It was a very poetic. Ang sobrang makwento talaga. I was listening talaga to a, a story unfurled in my ears. And I watched the short film. I have to admit, it's a really nice, it's very, really good. It felt more short film than music video. Like parang, parang the music just accompanied it lang eh, for me, like in my piano. It's, it's so vivid. Like I'm sure a majority of that really like happened. Happened. Yeah. That's what it convinced me like Shep, this is this is this I'm sure this is what happened. Lalo that one long take, that long take in the middle of About the music, washing dishes. I was like shocked. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, this is so good. Why is this happening? Uh grab it. This is gaslighting def- the definition of gaslighting right here. And the way Dylan O'Brien demonstrated this, I was like, oh my God, Jake, you messed up big time. What have you done? What did you do to this 19-year-old girl? Like, oh, why would you Why would you do that? Oh my gosh. And it makes me happy that all the Taylor Swift fans are suddenly learning about color theory. It's like, oh, you guys are so About cute. the refrigerator. The refrigerator, the way now when she leaves her apartment, she's, she's leaving the cool light and going to the warm light. I was like, oh, yes. You guys are learning about colors, and it's and it's true. This the short film really discusses color theory really really well. You can see the transition, ng warm going to suddenly how even see Sadie where she's starting to wear attires that she's not used to. She's wearing black. Her hair changes when she's lying on the bed. She's when she faces the left, she's all warm. Uh, it's all blue when she faces the other side. She's trying to recover, but she's still hurting. It's warm when she goes out to sign her books. Now she's draped now in all warm again but the, bo- the color of the book it's still color blue because the memories are still there ang galing it's a really good short film talaga and it all came from Taylor's mind she directed, directed she by it. written like, by wow. the song I have, is about- I have to give a shout out to the cinematographer si, si Rina she was the I researched she is the cinematographer of Michelle Obama's documentary Becoming. wow and she was also the second unit DP ng uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. So, lahat ng location shots si Rina Yang yung nag-shoot nun. So, uh, ang galing. She, very apt, I, again, for Taylor's Bohemian Very apt. <laughs> Kuha, nakuha niya. Wala, I was amazed. And, yun nga, I just had to watch yung live niya. Because this was gonna be the very first time ma-perform yung live version ng 10-minute ten, ng version. And, yeah. Good. Very good. Very good. Very good. The lighting was spectacular. So, I might end up watching it again very soon. <laughs> Honestly, I just like every how many minutes I just like think about it and just play it. <laughs> and sometimes it's like my ano na, timer na. What, how much can I do in a 10-minute all too well? Uh, and the answer is not so much because I just end up jamming to it and feeling the emotions <laughs> within the 10 minutes. But um, talking about visuals nga, what I also really appreciated seeing all the fan, ano, uh, fan response to it as well is how it, ano pala, at the end of the day, and I'm sure this is like really, uh, uh parang intentional as they made this film, is how it reflected nga to Taylor's current life when they um put it side by side with the Lover music video, cause Lover is about, you know, her being settled nga and you know being so in love in the right way and the way it has those um, parallels yung sa birthday niya sa lover video may 
someone with her instead of her just being alone and feel waiting for her lover to be with her and then her in the bed all those different parallels between all too well and lover and you know really showing and uh, you know she's in a happy place now um that's just really like chilling now wow you know it, i'm it's great i'm happy for her and that she's in this place already because you know um this putting out all too well 10 minute version it's making a lot of those conversations as well online again para oh kawawa ka na ngayon Jake Jillian Hall blah 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 all that but i don't think she's doing it at this point mm-hmm. to spite him yeah, yeah. anymore when a lot i guess a lot of the casual fans or casual listeners would kind of think that and i did have a conversation with someone about it on twitter na parang it's like reliving the Taylor, the Taylor Swift of old na she'd write about vindication and revenge and all that when now it's really more about a different... I guess it just so happens that this song was about that time and, you know, I'm not sure what's gonna happen from here. I'm sure Jake Gyllenhaal went on a retreat or something <laughs> to avoid this whole thing. <laughs> but uh, I, I, Paula is showing some reactions to my statement. So can uh... you... Please. Again, goes back to my <laughs> sentiment of Taylor Swift fans being very mean. Um, I I understand the anger, of course. It's very real, right? Yeah. But the way that people are going on about it, making it their life's mission, you know, make fun of this man. And uh-huh. subsequently, every single one of Taylor's exes. Like, Taylor Lautner couldn't even get engaged without being related back to Taylor Swift. Mm. And that that upsets me because these people are living their own lives now, especially, like, people like Taylor Lautner, who didn't do anything to, to Taylor Swift. And they're still constantly being referred back to her. Um, and of course, the recent John Mayer um, issue of a fan sending him death threats. And I'm sure Jake Gyllenhaal receives the same thing. Oh, yeah. And the thing for me is that if it's true that Taylor doesn't mean to be vindictive with this album, and every subsequent album she'll put out that reflects the songs of her exes, about her exes, rather, she should call off the dogs. That's me. She does have that responsibility to her fans to let them know that there's a line. Mm-hmm. This is my way of healing myself. And I think that's what she's doing, man, which is, like, oh, of course, her right to do so. But if people go a step too far and, and really like intend to harm someone um, and take, you know, take a huge toll on people's mental health, I'm sure... I hate Jake Gyllenhaal, but like I'm sure his mental health right now isn't the best yeah, because of what's yeah. happening. Then she does have a responsibility to tell her fans. She to does. Off. She does. Yeah, and so in a more explicit way, I guess. Yeah, I mean the interview she had on late night, or she was like she doesn't care about the feelings of the people that mm-hmm. she writes about, is indicative to me that she is a little bit vindictive, uh-huh. rightfully so. But she has the right to. The fans do not. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's. I mean, I guess that also brings it to this conversation because all the re-recording, al- re-recorded albums are more or less about these old stories being brought back into life and with newfound parang lenses pa because it magnifies it once again. You, you know, you're, you're right in that aspect. And she hasn't really explicitly said it like you know, as a statement or something like that, because I don't know how she will do it, and but you're right, she should do it. Yun. um, sell. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> okay, lang, okay, lang. I mean, that's why we're here also to be talking about these things, right? 
you, you speaking can't... about like media crucifixion, like meaning people being crucified by the media and fans, I kind of think also that it was the right time for her to release this also because if she'd released this with the original album, she would have been crucified by the media so much mm-hmm. um, as being a crazy person. So I think it also goes both ways na hopefully people don't attack her then for it. But yeah, I do agree that she should call off people who are kind of taking it way too much na naman now. Although of course, we have to hold people accountable then for manipulating someone who was 20. And I think one thing that really shocked me when I was listening to All Too Well was that it only hit me now in retrospect. And it's kind of terrifying that it only hit hit a lot of us now that she went through this at 20. Mm-hmm. This is an insane thing for someone at 20 to go through. Like, I'm 27 now. And if that, went, if that happened to me, I wouldn't know what to do either. Right? So imagine for somebody who, who's someone who's in the spotlight. So that makes it so much worse. Um, but I guess going back to the song itself, I've always had issues with Taylor Swift's sequencing of songs. Like sometimes her album feels weirdly sequenced. Um, and one of the weirdest, like, um, one of the weirdest, like, songs was that All Too Well in the original album was followed by 22. Uh-huh. But now it makes so much sense because the album was about age gaps all along. And the fact that her 21st birthday was so horrible. So because turning 22 was like a really big thing for her. So I thought that was an interesting thing then. It added a lot more context to that. And I also saw people who were saying that um, the 10-minute version took away from the original because it added too much, too many details, which made it a lot, a lot less relatable. Like if, Because the original version, though, had just enough specificity for it to be personal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that pe- enough, enough specificity for it to be personal, but also to be relatable to others. Uh. But for me, I think the way the best way to look at it is to see them as two different songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so one being the one yeah, that's a bit more relatable to people, but the 10-minute one is more of like, it's actually her, very violent. It's kind of, there was diary violence talaga. to that It's song. really more like a diary. Yeah. Uh, it was very specific and very insistent on her, pre- her presence. Um, and what I liked about it was the, well, first, I really, really love the lyric that said, um, all's well that ends well, that I'm in a new hell every time you double-cross my mind. Because that's the wordplay was so good. And I also like the outro where she just keeps mentioning I was there. I was there and I remember it um, because we got a lot of insight from the video, which made me cry. I said, like, I had to sob for a while watching it. And I was like, I didn't even go through this. I don't know why I feel like I was there too. And parang gusto ko rin batuhin ang platos yung Jake Gyllenhaal standy dun sa video na yun. Um, and like, I think it was also really scary having somebody tell you things like it wasn't so bad for you and the worst was really when he said I don't even remember that like I think that put so much context into her album the fact that why she keeps saying that I remember these things and she keeps giving so many details because there's a guy telling her I don't even remember that it can't be that bad if I don't remember it like that was the implication of that so even if I've personally never gone through anything like that maybe like some similar experience of people telling you something wasn't as bad as you thought it was but Man, it really felt like a friend breaking down to you in real time. And parang even you as an audience, you were also there with her. And I don't know how she was able to do that. Like, I think that's one of the most interesting things about All Too Well. Like, you feel like you were there too. And um, to add to that nga, parang the fact that she had a lyric that says it made her want to die kind of scared me yeah. na parang, oh my gosh, that must have like been super painful talaga to even write that in a song, right? And talk about it like that's really something 
yun. Um, this has become an all too well therapy session. I guess. Truly though. Like truly. And a lot of people nga, regardless if they're casual listeners or, you know, Taylor Swift fans, at, at one point has posted something like na, that they feel validated about what they also felt because of being gaslighted or abused in some sense also. And seeing that film or hearing the song in a sense kind of like parang had that power on them na parang, you know what? You know, I also went through this and I recognize that and, you know, F whoever did that to me as well, right? So, yun. Um, I don't know how to wrap this up because it's become pretty like, whoa, <laughs> at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like, it's been a week almost since it got released and, you know, um, I don't know where we go from here. So <laughs> I mean, Adele, we're going to have Adele. We're gonna have Adele oh my in God. Uh, Adele. Oh my gosh. Another breakup album, which is which is 30 about her divorce, baby. Divorce. <laughs> um but I guess before we head on to our final stretch of the show, what's next? Uh in the Taylor's version multiverse, which people uh, people are still not sure. I mean, she did release Wildest Dreams, yeah. Taylor's version, and the music video for I Bet You Think About Me, which was beautifully directed by Blake, uh, Lively. Blake Lively, and uh, DOP was Matthew... How do you yeah. pronounce that? Matthew Libatik. Yeah. Grabe. Like, I mean, it was just like a fun, fun music video. And all, of course, not without Easter eggs. Um, oh, yeah. And there were seagulls on the mural in the bathroom, seagulls on the cake, uh, pertaining to the seagulls she was wearing in the 1989 um, cover. But, you know, she also released some tidbits for Speak Now with the price of her signed albums being 2010 in purple. So who knows what happens? And only Taylor and her team know at this point. But I'm sure there will be yet another... (laughs) Taylor's version episode on the show for that um, because we can't only she knows and she never the team never sleeps to keep on making the clowns rabid about it Um, so that ends I guess our red Taylor's version um, recap and also our red related related news but before we end our show as always let's go to our pop stop or our pop culture recommendations for the week i shall begin with mine i would probably say uh, red related then shang chi and the legend oh, of the yeah. so good like worth the hype and wow oh like, wait so you what so you did watch it now. you watched it i now. did i told you right did you ba? Oh, I don't. I, I forgot. Did. But yeah, like super worth the hype, and I just really enjoyed every bit of it. Like ang ganda ng chemistry, ang ganda ng comedy, ang ganda ng action. Mm-hmm. Tony Leung, Tony Leung, Simulu, everything was just like really, really good. And you know, if you have the chance to watch it on a big screen, do it also. Um, but safely. Yes. Do it safely. Um, I have another thing, but I forget what it was. Um, I guess Ted Lasso season two. I'm in the mid 
middle of it. Well, um, if you do need a pick me up after emoting to Red Taylor's version, I guess. <laughs> but it's also an emotional roller coaster of a season, though. From Red to Ted. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> um, ang ganda lang. Parang sobrang when I want to feel good, especially that, uh, um, rainbow song. What's that? What? She's a rainbow. Um, that needle drop was like absolutely fantastic. Um, and speaking of absolutely fantastic and British things, my last recommendation, I guess, would be Doctor Who's current season called Flux. Jodie Whittaker, it's the 13th Doctor, is spectacular in this. And the story is just like classic who for me, na putting all these elements together into like, one giant story. I mean, I also really enjoyed them on the last two seasons of The 13th Doctor, but this one feels particularly special more so than the last two. So um, if you haven't gotten on the Doctor Who bandwagon at this point, which is very niche, um, yeah, <laughs> it, it still really is up to this day. Um, but last night, I was having a conversation with my friend na, who's also into Doctor Who. And I mean, funnily enough, Paula and I really met because of Doctor Who as well. Yeah. But um, you know, it's I I I just got re-triggered of how much I love Doctor Who as a show and the wealth of its universe and the endless possibilities of the wibbly wobbly timey wimey <laughs> stuff that can happen on the show. And as it approaches its 60th anniversary, that is insane. And also in just um in like three years' time, more or less, it will be the 20th anniversary of the Revival series. So that is insane. Are you serious? 2005 is when the Revival series started. So in 2025, (laughs) it will have its uh, 20th anniversary. So that's pretty crazy. Um, You know, Doctor Who, it's very particular, but, you know, once you get to discover it yourself and find your doctor... Great, great stuff. Uh, yeah. That's my uh, recommendations for the week. All right. Well, as always, I will recommend F1. <laughs> yes, another red. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Ferrari, Alpha, yeah, I guess. <laughs> but this season just keeps getting better and better with every race. Um, and we're headed into the last three um, for this season. Uh, exciting stuff happening in F1. Um retiring drivers um, our first Chinese driver on the grid as well so a lot of interesting things um, and the sport is um, crazy um, if you want to get into F1 now is a really good time to to get into it um, I'll recommend two more things and um, the next one is sad girl adjacent to what we've been talking about this whole um, podcast um, since Taylor has been our week's worth of content. Next week is undoubtedly the week of Adele um, with 30 releasing um, on Friday. But she has her concert slash interview with Oprah called One Night Only, Mm -hmm. which was released um, Monday here, Sunday in the States. Um, And a lot of powerful stuff there as well. Um, Oprah, of course, is amazing at interviews and we learn a lot about Adele's personal life in such a... a genuine way as only Adele can provide us with both pain and, and laughter. Um, and she released, or she performed rather, uh, two, two songs from 30, aside from Easy On Me, two additional songs that were both in, 
insanely painful and again very telling of the of what she had to go through in the last few months um so yeah uh go and watch slash listen to that and um hawkeye the disney plus series is coming out in a few weeks as well and with that i'd really love to recommend what they're using as their promo materials actually for the series um which is my life as a weapon it is undoubtedly um one of the best is it's happening um probably one of the best um, comics from the M- from the Marvel um, series that I've read. I'm normally a DC girl in terms of the comics, but my life as a weapon paints such a wonderful picture of this, um, of this hero uh, with a disability. And I'm so glad that they're um, pushing through with this narrative now in the MCU as well. So before you watch Hawkeye, I think this is a wonderful read to supplement your um, arrow or archer um, interests so yeah that's me okay i can go next um yun nga, like cholo mentioned earlier in the episode uh got to watch the scene eh? got to watch dune in all its glory and i'm really happy that that was the first time in 21 months that i got to watch a movie and grab it dune is it was even more different seeing it on a big screen so yeah I I will recommend that you guys see it in a the uh, in a cinema, as well as any other movie that thing. But again, I just want to exercise caution. Na if you guys do plan to watch the cinema, please be careful lang talaga. You don't have to wear face shields anymore, thankfully. But you know, make sure you guys are vaccinated. Always wear a face mask and bring alcohol with you. But you know, nothing will really beat the cinematic experience when you are watching the theater talaga. Uh, but you know, other some some recommendations. Um, the newest season of Flash just uh, premiered a few hours ago. I'll watch it tomorrow. It's a it's a crossover episode, so I'm excited to see how it's gonna start. It's gonna take place the of the new uh, time slot ng Supergirl with just it's completely wrapped na talaga. So thanks Melissa Benoit for Benoist for your contribution. And yun nga, let's see what the new season of Flash will do. Uh, some survivor updates. The, our Filipino representative, she's into the final ten na, so she's ah. gonna be at she's gonna be in at least the jury, so for sure. So no matter what happens, she will have a a, a role to play in who will be the champion of this the season. So if you guys haven't watched yet, panorin yun na. But what my my recommend talaga for this is an animated short film. It's called Blush. It was written and directed by a Filipino, Joe Mateo, Joseph Mateo. Who that it's about and dedicated to his wife. When you watch it, you will understand that's why it's about his wife, their relationship together. It's very, very Filipino. Yung ano niya, yung kwento niya. Even uh, the animation is by Skydance, and it's on Apple Plus, Apple TV Plus. It's so pretty. It's so pretty talaga. There's no, walang dialogue in this short short film. No dialogue. It's only orchestral music, but it's so emotional. And I guess because as a as a Filipino and someone who experienced so, this sort of ano, what the, what the movie goes through, na feel ko siya. It's very very sobrang ganda niya. And I hi, I highly recommend that people watch it. I would say it's a front runner sa Oscar short film animation. Uh, race, because it's really, really, really beautiful. It amazes me that Pinoy ang gumawa nito. Like, I hope 
people a lot of here in the Philippines we get to you know realize that uh, I think he got he did an interview you know, with CNN before and I hope more media outlets will get to you know real get to interview him because it's really it was really really you know, creatively made the way it was you know written and you know animated now it's so cute it's parang little prince meets you know meets uh, up from gana gana yung feel niya so yun blush And just to add, I guess like Apple TV Plus really has a lot of great content that people haven't really explored as much as like other streaming services. So if you do have a chance, I think it's a really good streaming service which has a lot of good originals like Ted Lasso also. And um, The Morning Show is also pretty good. And I know um, Defending Jacob, which Paula and Chris Evans, period. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Shmiga Doon was fun. Uh, yeah, that's a good. Apple Yeah, yeah. Since yeah. Paula mentioned Adele, I just like quick lang that when Adele released "Easy on Me," we were I was on duty at the legal help desk and we got a query about divorce. So it was just like how very timely. Anyway, so yeah, it's Adele week this week. Um, since someone also mentioned 2010 Tumblr earlier, um, the Spring Awakening original Broadway cast oh, yeah. did a reunion concert yesterday. Um, there will be an HBO Max documentary coming out next year. But if you were with me, 2010 Tumblr, there are grainy recordings that are out on Twitter. So I've been watching them. <laughs> the way I watched the original Broadway cast bootleg in 144p back then. So if you're a fan of Jonathan Groff, John Gallagher Jr., the whole cast is back. And apparently, I read... And Leah um, Michelle. Leah Michelle, yeah. <laughs> I'm a John Gallagher Jr. fan. So yes, space. that's all I care about. And then I saw the tweets about the show. Apparently, they did the whole show. So exciting stuff for the documentary. Um, I'm a big as in Spring Awakening was my introduction to being a Broadway musical fan. So super exciting stuff. But my more immediate uh, recommendation. And please, is, sorry. Please do note that. Cell is in a photo with Lin Manuel Miranda. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. my only, that's my only um achievement in this lifetime. And you know, my future employers, please look for me online. Sana yun na lang makita nila. Um, so my only immediate recommendation is something I've been having a hard time getting people into. Um, I watched the three-season anime called Chihaya Furu. It's an unorthodox sports anime because the sport is an incredibly niche card game called Karuta. It's a traditional, it's a it's a card game based on traditional Japanese poetry. So the objective is there's a reader who reads the first verse and they have to get the card with the second verse first. So like that. So that's why I have a hard time getting people into it. But you know, if you're interested in sports anime tropes like characters, um, exploring like the differences between talent and skill and struggling with like let's say like talented characters and one those wondering that are they skilled enough for the game um if you like show there's a really great shoujo love triangle in it and if you're a fan <laughs> of japanese literature why not diba? and going back to red um the title of the show uh chihaya furu comes from one of the poems and the hundred poems that are in the game and it mentions swift gods and burning autumn red so apparently those images were also present in ancient Japanese poetry, apparently. So there. So three seasons long, um, if anyone wants to give it a shot, and it'll be a good waiting thing while we wait for that Spring Awakening documentary to come out. <laughs> so I miss, I, I miss um, musical theater and watching things live so much. So sure. hopefully we get that documentary soon. And speaking of documentaries, which is up in Cell and Paula's Lane, um, they are having a 20th anniversary 
Harry Potter um documentary. January din yun tama. Yeah, January on New Year's Day. Year, right? It's New, New Year's Year, Year and without JK Rowling as well. <laughs> the person that I will become when this documentary or special comes out. I apologize. <laughs> I, I I apologize sincerely. Like I, I will not be the same person. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Grabe. It's um just it's seeing their names genre. like in the Taylor's same billing genre. again. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Okay. But again, trans lives matter and that should be a message. Harry Potter Potterhead's yeah. version. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe's version. Yes, oh my god, 100%. 20 years. We're so old. We're so, We're so old. old. We're so old. <laughs> Rupert na- Grint has a child now. article ko about that. I wrote about that today. Why wasn't it published yet? Yeah, okay, man. we were also going to recommend Prince's article when it comes out. Yes, 100%. Yes. Go and check it out at the Philippine Star online. <laughs> So, I guess... Okay, na-publish na. Share ko bukas. <laughs> Game. Um, I guess we will probably have an episode on that as led by Paula because <laughs> it, that will be her episode as she deserves. <laughs> um, but yeah, that kind of wraps up our red episode, Taylor's version, and many more red things. Um, of course, thanks to uh, Paula and Cell and Burns for being here. Of course, all our previous episodes of Popcorn are streaming on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you stream your podcast. Of course, we are here on Radio Katipunan 87.9 FM every week as well. Thanks to the RK fam for always being there. Uh, and uh, we will see you all next time for more popcorn, especially as we end the year. There will be an Adele episode for sure. And just to wrap up our 2021 um, pop culture things. So those are what's coming in popcorn. And we will see you all next time. Bye. Bye, guys.